Hello and welcome to episode number 339 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. We are back at the cinema, uh, which is nice indeed, of a course. Surprise. Yeah, but back a little bit earlier than we was expecting. Of course, there's a very big horror movie out next week at the cinema, which we'll uh, have to do a little preview of at the end of this week's show. Um, but yeah, we a big movie. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty big. Uh, it's uh, an interesting one. Like it was in your your uh, preview at the start of the year. Um, one that I feel like I've been aware of for a very long time. Like I remember first hearing about this movie. God, it seems like so. It seems like before the podcast, which is crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's finally here. So uh, yeah, we'll get to it shortly. Um, and of course, we'll also be talking about the latest Last of Us. Don't you worry about that. Um, oh boy. But uh, yeah, just a tiny bit of news. I'm I'm trying so hard to keep the news down recently because uh, the shows have just been so long. Well, anyway, you know, <laughs> you've just said the words "Last of Us," so now mm-hmm. my brain is just thinking about that, and we've got to get through a movie talk before we can now talk about it. So yeah, and it's like we have Last yeah. of Us and we have Screen Preview. Like, there's so much to get through, and a, and, a, and a funny movie to talk about. So yeah, like, but I this is definitely one that that sparks interest for both of us. So it is worth noting because yeah, we we love a bit of Mike Flanagan, of course. On this show um and we've kind of floated his name around different ips over the years and i think when he starts talking up certain ip it is very very interesting to us um especially when said ip is a nightmare on elm street um obviously this isn't the first time this has happened i was kind of looking it up because i was really curious because it was a while ago when flanagan was last talking about it it seems like it was 2019 when he was kind of did a few interviews and was talking up the idea that like that was when we first realized like oh no he loves it and would clearly like to do something with it um and obviously since then it's kind of become more and more obvious there's been so many different homages um obviously like heather being as part of his last show as well like it's so clear clear as day that he loves this franchise um Mm. but when years pass you never know things change and maybe that was something that doesn't interest him anymore but then yeah he's kind of been talking about it again this week um so yeah this is still clearly fresh on mike's mind in 2023 which i think is still very exciting that that this is like something that is not going away um so yeah he kind of was speaking this is via collider the website um so yeah we've got a pretty lengthy quote here but i definitely think it's worth hearing the whole thing because i think it's pretty fascinating um but yeah, just in the middle of the conversation, talking about kind of things he would like to do, he says the following. Um, one of the ones that have been that has been on my list forever is Nightmare on Elm Street. Boy, that would be fun. I have a whole take for it that I worked out a couple of years ago. My understanding is the right situation for that title is so fraught, no one knows who controls it, really. No one knows who to pitch. So I keep telling my agents, like, send me in on a Nightmare on Elm Street. And they're like, we'd love to. We have no idea who you should talk to. Um, I've spent... <laughs> almost a year of my yeah he goes on to say i've spent almost a year of my life with heather langenkamp and we would talk about it it's like nobody knows what to do but one of these days perhaps um so yeah that is the quote i think i mean i have some i I have one thing i kind of want to say about the rights thing but it's kind of not as interesting as the fun speculation part so i'd rather just throw it to you first because yeah this is pretty exciting right like the fact that he's saying um Mm. He has an idea that he has a whole take for it that he worked out a couple of years ago um, and he's willing to pitch it. He just can't get in the room, essentially, or they don't even know what room he needs to get into. Um, But that stuff aside, like 
this is exciting that obviously Flanagan is a guy who's done adaptations, done a lot of adaptations, done a lot of original stuff, but he still wants to make a Nightmare on Elm Street. And obviously this is, we're, we're now 13 years since the last entry, um, which is, you know, be- best forgotten the reboot, but that was the last time that we've seen any form of Freddy Krueger, which to me, I find quite mind blowing. I feel like when there's money to be made, these franchises never truly die. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why, what he's saying here is correct that someone probably owns this and doesn't even realize they own it um which i find ridiculous but yeah what what is your thoughts on this quote i guess well that's that's the bit that blows my mind like yeah i mean first and foremost i'm super excited at him talking as positively about that and as passionately about that where it's clearly something that like he will go to lengths to try to achieve which is great um but it blows my mind that even he doesn't even know where to begin to achieve that. Like how, how the fuck does that happen? Yeah. Like I, I get that like, you know, a random story from the past may get rights, might get lost. This, this is Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, you know, like it's a, it's a juggernaut of a franchise and it certainly was like back in the day. Like how does this become like this mess? Um, you know, I mean, uh, I, I know you said you were going to go into it, but I can only assume that it that it kind of gets to the point of it probably would have been Wes, Pre- Wes Craven's property if he had have still been alive, like mm. by now. And the fact that he's not muddles it even more that it then gets put to an estate that has already probably granted probate and completely finished. So it's a case of right, who owns it now? Like, I, I wonder if it's just like Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> like you know, just just. Yeah, it is. It is crazy, and it's just. I think it's, we have to go wait, wait a while for that. <laughs> it's, it's so exciting and like demoralizing at the same time because you know everything Flanagan said is just great, but then yeah, to be like God, how do we? How like at least with some of these other franchises, we seem to know what where the mess is, and at least then you can start to untangle it. Whereas yeah, where do you even begin with this? Yeah, I mean, in terms of the right stuff, it it really blows my mind. I think, obviously, when it comes to rights of these old horror IPs, like, it is a mess all the time. And it's so boring to talk about. It's why, like, there's always updates about Friday the 13th that I never bother putting in the news. Because until we know what's happening, you know, like, similarly with what happened with Scream, for example, where, you know, a new company in Spyglass bought Scream. And that was when, you know, you actually get a new movie. So until Ooh. we get to something like that, I don't think it's worth talking. But with something like comparing it to that we know what the issue is it's messy and it sucks because we know there's a bunch of different people with their hands on it but we know who those people are and i think that's what's crazy to me is that they're you you write four huge checks and you fix the problem it's just can you you know are you willing to write checks that high is what it comes down to whereas who do you write these checks to yeah, and I'm like, I guess may- maybe this is just that that's his way of saying that, basically, mm. is that there's too many people involved that obviously if I'm pitching it, I don't want to have to bit- pitch to multiple people across the world and then they all have to come on an agreement. Like, maybe that's what he's saying and he's kind of simplified it in a sense of I don't know who to pitch to because that blows my mind. If if you have Mike Flanagan, obviously he's recently now under the um, Amazon umbrella as well with his yeah. kind of production company. Yeah, he's got so a lot of rings money. Yeah, so he's got Amazon's weight and fortunes behind him, and he's got his agent, and he's saying, I want to make Nightmare on Elm Street, and they're saying, we don't know who to pay this money to. Like, someone's fucking up here, and I don't know who it is. Um, well, no, but it- I, 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 sorry, I was going to say, I think the harsh reality of it is 
the people who own Nightmare on Elm Street probably knows that they know that they own Nightmare on Elm Street. They do not want to fund the movie and do not have any interest in that. They want a fat paycheck for their IP, probably fatter than what it warrants. Mm. And that's why it's sat there in this hell where like Flanagan can't pitch to them because they're not willing to make a movie. They want to sell the IP. And the people that want to buy the IP, he can't pitch to because the price is too high for the IP. And and I, I think that's the reality that we're in for Nightmare on Elm Street, unfortunately. That could absolutely be the case. Um, and obviously, yeah, maybe he wouldn't want to say all that as explicitly as it were. But yeah, I just think I would like to hear that, obviously, if that's the case, because he yeah. has Amazon with him. So if he said, like, no, I have Amazon with me, they approached it and they thought it was ludicrous. I'd be like, you know what? That's completely fair. Um, but yeah, that aside, I mean, yeah, th- this is... I really hope he doesn't give up hope on this because mm. as a creator, it, it can be so frustrating. I imagine that you have this idea and this love for things and it's the bullshit that gets in the way. And I hope that that doesn't stop him from first and foremost being a fan um, and obviously an extremely exceptionally talented and gifted fan who can make something brilliant because we, we always like to kind of do these fantasy drafts and put certain names with certain franchises in our hopes and dreams. And mm. I don't think it gets any stronger than Mike Flanagan creating a v- brand new vision of a nightmare on Elm street. In my opinion, I think that would be right up there in terms of like, just, you know, pull pluck names out of a hat and ips and what what would be your dream scenarios that that's got to be one of the best ones right like it's it just feels yeah, like a perfect for sure. fit for sure you know i i think even without like his passion mm. towards um nightmare on elm street just like a franchise that i want to come back more than anything is with a bullet nightmare on elm street and you know he is one of the top guys in horror and then let alone the fact that he has a passion for it um you know it, it's fantastic but obviously we had this with the it movies as well and the homages mm. there yeah um and you know that got legs and 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 traction and it was like oh, okay yeah they could pretty much pick a horror ip after it and mm. you know they couldn't achieve it and flanagan has amazon money and can't achieve it like yeah um it's just like who, who can achieve it at this point it is weird. I think in terms of bringing back horror IPs, like it's not one of the ones that would be top of my list purely because of how scared I would be. Um, so I think that I would be excited if the announcement was Flanagan involved, of course, Ooh. like right off the bat. But if we just heard, like when we hear a lot of these franchises are coming back, this one would terrify me um, based upon I'd... how bad the 2010 version was. And I also think that it is one of the few, as we've discussed, that there are certain characters you can get away with it. But doing Freddy without Robert is going to be a very tough ask. Not impossible, but very tough. Yeah, I mean, I, I I disagree with that in respects of the 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 last movie sucked so bad, mm. and they got Freddy so wrong that that it's almost like hit this reset where obviously Robert exists and those movies exist. But I'm like, it, you know, it, it it's already been like the, the bastard child already exists. Mm. so like it doesn't you know it can't damage it you know i think of something like a screen movie that we're now about to walk into next week and i'm like you know if if they did some like crazy shit in that but like it could it could upset me like you know where i'm like god like now that now the you know now this timeline is messed up you know this 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 through story is is has been ruined you know and it's like damn like that sucks whereas there's nothing to ruin on Nightmare on Elm Street. The original movies exist. They're great. Robert England exists and he's great. And the movie, yeah, I almost feel like it's a free hit. 
with 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 a with a reimagining of it. Um, obviously, it would come with high expectations. Um, but but yeah, I just feel like the way that the last one shat the bed so bad, it kind of gives it more of a free hit than the most of the big franchises out there. I agree with you that it doesn't have that history of the great canon like Scream does ready to fuck up because, yeah, we already have like a bad entry that was a reboot anyway. Um, But in terms of the comparisons, like it's absolutely true. Like no one, if a new Nightmare on Elm Street came out in a couple of years, no one's comparing it to 2010 Nightmare on Elm Street. (laughs) Everyone's comparing it to the original. Like that's just the way it will be. So, yeah, but it'll be fascinating. It's one of of them where they compare it to that. But then if you don't do a great job, they then compare it to the other one. You're like, well, you know, I haven't made the worst nightmare on Elm street at least i know and that's like uh, yeah and think about how many times we've had that shit conversation where it's like yeah. with hellraiser or with the recent saw movies where we're we're literally judging you know which piece of shit is the best and it's like yeah that's just not fun <laughs> um and sadly that happens a lot with horror um but yeah very very fascinating indeed i would love to see any sort of update on this i imagine that this is <laughs> all we're gonna get for a long time is just mm-hmm. him kind of pipe dreams in in um interviews but l- listen flanagan that's all you can do right now like you're doing your best in terms of just talking about yeah, it i think you, he can't you do anything else again you will it into existence okay you you keep fighting the fight yeah listen just ring up jeffrey bezos and get him to pay whatever the hell all right like just figure this shit out all right um like, you thing, like you for a reason spend that money yeah. <laughs> when you've got infinite money like yeah. does, does it really matter like yeah, okay, I've just brought Nightmare on Elm Street for more than Disney brought Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, they don't deserve it, but just forget about that. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you don't that, deserve that money either. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Like, what are you going to do with it? Like, you know, so own Nightmare on Elm Street, you know? Like, mm-hmm. if I had infinite money, what, what IP would I like to own the most? And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I'll be buying any odd shit. I'd be like, yeah, what leprechaun only cost 10 billion. That's a bargain. (laughs) Absolute bargain. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we shall see on that one. And then there is just a slight, I just wanted to throw a little sort of um, PSA here because a a movie that we absolutely adored from earlier this year, uh, Unwelcome, is uh, coming to the States this week. So yeah, it's getting a sort of limited uh, theater uh, release. um, And then it is coming on demand, I think, the week after as well. So yeah, anyway, you can see Unwelcome. Obviously, we discuss the movie in length on on make sure you check that episode out it's still probably my favorite horror movie of the year so far like it's so awesome i absolutely love it i i already can't wait to rewatch it again later in the year when i've kind of forgotten a bit more about it um but yeah hilarious and amazing horror like it's such a good original funny just awesome film so yeah i hope people uh check it out as well because i really want to see as well like because it's so like british and irish i'd love to see kind of what american audiences think of it mm. as well um, especially but, you know the accents and the dialogue and a yeah lot of the, the in joke yeah it I, I would be fascinated to see what an overseas audience makes of it as well um but yeah i'm so glad that it's finally getting a you know a and a release and and b you know a more of a worldwide release as well mm. because it was sat there gestating for so long so i'm so glad it's out there now yeah for sure everyone see unwelcome like if you listen to this podcast and you don't you don't see unwelcome like what are you doing seriously like this is exactly made for this type of people <laughs> mm-hmm. um it's fantastic but yeah shall we uh shall we talk about this week's film let's do it let's talk about cocaine beer So yeah, this is a this is a film, isn't it? 
It's a it's a movie, all right. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 something. <laughs> yeah, it's a collection of scenes that no, we saw just, on I a big screen. If, I don't know if it is a movie. <laughs> 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 it absolutely is, um, because there was way more character development in this movie than I ever could have possibly imagined in my life, to be honest. Yeah, there's like um, a story, <laughs> which yeah, is crazy. Like, blows my fucking mind. But I guess we'll get into that. Um, because, because, yeah, basically, uh, Christ, uh, an aeroplane full of drugs gets the drugs chucked off the plane, and um, these big old bags of cocaine land in the Georgia forest, um, where a big old grizzly bear discovers the co- cocaine bags and um, gets a new habit, um, and goes on a, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the bear is going on a murderous rampage it's just a drug fueled rampage and if you get in his way if you get between the bear and its cocaine you you will get murdered um yeah. you, you know which you know don't you know don't don't keep a bear from cocaine i think i think that's a famous saying that people say right like i think this was like the origin um, of this i i think so i think so mm. so so yeah but the, the yeah the, the weird thing about this story or this movie is that um you know, that in itself is the most simplistic, you know, plot ever. The movie's called Cocaine Bear. And so basically, if you knew the movie was called that and you knew it was a horror movie, you're like, oh, okay, cool. It's just going to be that for 90 minutes. But but then we got like a good, you know, we got the introduction. We got the first little um, uh, bear with, uh, I can't remember exactly where they were from, but Scandinavian kind of tourists mm-hmm. that were... Um, uh, wiped out and then and then kind of we get a good 25 minutes half an hour worth of character development and plot for all of these characters that end up in the forest which i i could not believe where where basically we have um man i can't remember any character's name <laughs> no, i think I he was the girl um but that's it i'm done after that yeah it is but basically yeah. um we got this young girl and and her kind of school friends that ditch school and end up in the woods and we'll 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 unpack what they get up to at some point i'm sure because it makes no sense to me um their mother um uh is then heading off to the woods to try to find them she teams up with a uh, park ranger who has a love interest of some <laughs> nature guy that's doing some conservation work. We have the drug dealers that are going there to find the drugs and retrieve the drugs. And then we have this gang of mm. like young kids that are like the most unthreatening, threatening gang I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> like the three skinniest, most like un oh, like, so aggressive dudes ever. <laughs> They just get the piss kicked out of them, but um, but yeah, and and all of these characters, because on paper, as I've described them, you're like, oh, okay, that's like you know, thirty seconds setup. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. Like the kid has like this whole setup and like leaving the house and this this whole dialogue, the mom and the park ranger and all of that stuff, and then the drug dealers. Like we have this story of how one of them, his his fiance has just died and he's struggling with life and his dad is the big drug dealer played by obviously the the late uh, um Ray Lawter um and you know it's it's just like carnage really 
Like, I, I couldn't believe how much story we were getting chucked at us. And I was like, where, where's the bear, mate? Like, where, where's he gone? Mm. Um, and then and then eventually they all end up in the forest and we do get the movie we're promised, which is just this funny, campy kind of, you know, uh, just saga of these all of these people trying to find different things, uh, albeit cocaine or children, uh, mostly. Um, and you know, it's, it's fun and it's, it's zany and, um, it, it doesn't, you know, it it doesn't stick with you at all. Um, but in the moment you, you have the odd like laugh and the odd kind of fun moment. And, and it was kind of what I hoped it would be. Um, but I kind of hoped they'd got there quicker and, and given me that for longer, I think more than anything. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess that was a synopsis, slash ramble slash almost thoughts on the movie <laughs> which kind of sums up cocaine bear quite well really like yeah it's, it's it's hard to take it seriously as well like i think that's the other thing like it's it's very hard to um talk about this movie in the lens of a reviewing a movie for a podcast when the movie is just doesn't take itself seriously at all um and i guess the only other thing of note is that this is directed by elizabeth banks which is also, you know, a, a, a conversation in itself, potentially. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, the movie has a lot of things to talk about. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Like, I feel like we kind of started, or, or at least we went in, in in terms of plot there, on one of the worst aspects of the movie, which is kind of the setup. Um, yeah. Because I do think that, yeah, it, it starts with a scene that you'd expect, with, like, this crazy kind of guy jumping off a plane and dying and, and all the drugs kind of getting scattered. Um, and then, obviously, we get to see some of the bear action, which is great. And then, yeah, it's, it's an interesting approach because... They want to have a lot of characters in the woods, which makes perfect sense for what this movie is. Um, but it doesn't want them to all kind of arrive at the same time. So it needs to set them all up in their in their own kind of worlds first. So we see a lot of different locations early on. Like we see the police station. We see like a bar where the drug dealers are. We see the kids. We see the mum at home. So there's just so much set up, um, which was shocking to me because I was like, yeah, this is not kind of the movie when you when you think about the title the poster the trailer like it's all geared towards just this one thing and granted it is very hard to just do that for every scene and it probably would have been too much um but yeah but i I definitely was just shocked because i was like wow they're introducing more characters more characters and they're slowly getting closer together where i'm like okay i just need all these characters to be together so now i know that the bear is actually going to show up again um and i think had that 20 minutes the, the difference, I think, for both of us between that being good and that being not so good was if it was funny. Yeah. Um, and and it, to, to me, and I'm assuming for you, it just wasn't funny. Um, I think a lot of it was just kind of boring. And, and it was a lot of like, I couldn't even tell where some of the jokes were. Like, there's a couple of bits where I'm like, okay, they think this is funny. But there's a lot yeah, of stuff where it's just like, yeah, there was a couple of bits where like the guy who's like depressed because his, has his girlfriend died or splitting up with him? Like, I don't really know. I, I forget. Yeah, I'd missed what happened there, but he's just depressed for whatever reason because of his girlfriend. And it's like, I didn't really get what the joke was there. It was just like, oh, he's kind of sad and, he, and his friend's trying to help him. And that scene just kind of went on for a bit. Um, yeah, he was eating some really like bland looking pasta. That was, that was a joke, wasn't it? Yeah, and I, I, there was like the tattoo joke, which was fine. But, like that's like the only one I can remember in that scene. That was like, oh, this was an attempt at a joke. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like the, the kids were fairly decent, I would say, in terms of actually 
doing something i was like okay this is kind of cool that they're like bunking off and and i think they're them being like the first introduction to the cocaine is pretty funny um i would say like out of all of the setup that was the only part that did make me laugh that wasn't involving directly the bear was like the kids finding the cocaine and, the, and like what they do with it and stuff I mean, like that was good yeah i thought that was very good because it you know it, it's exactly how that conversation would go yeah. Where like one's trying to impress the other and it's like, oh yeah, I've slowed done <laughs> yeah. this before. And they're like, go on and do it. But the posturing I'm, was great. I'm I'm still very confused about the method of intake. Um, you know, I I can't say I've ever taken cocaine, so I can't I can't speak from experience. But I think if you if you chew a, a spoonful or a knife blade full of cocaine, that's that's gonna fuck you up, like in, in bad ways. <laughs> yeah, people have seen like the um what was that challenge was it like the f- um flower that people have where it's like a oh, spoonful yeah, of it yeah, and they yeah. spit it out everywhere immediately it's like if you've seen what that challenge is imagine a child doing that yeah, with cocaine. cocaine that's what happens yeah. in this film and yeah. it's hilarious but it the fact funny. that no you know after effects at all it's not like right we need to get our stomachs pumped immediately so we don't die <laughs> like yeah. that's the reality and again it's fine because it's a, it's a zany yeah, wacky yeah, yeah, yeah. you know not serious comedy but and, and, yeah those scenes worked for me but yeah, yeah. so like get into the setup yeah it was long in the tooth slightly May- maybe not as long for me but like i was like okay just get to the point but i think when it got to the point like and, and again i thought the gang was quite funny as well actually like i don't know in the moment the gang, the i wasn't like i wasn't i wasn't laughing that much but it was enjoyable and i think that that was kind of pretty much my overall thoughts on the entire movie was that like it's not that funny which was surprising to me and if you'd have said to me like oh yeah you'll see this movie and you won't laugh that much i'd have been like oh i bet it i bet i hated it then and it's like no i really really enjoyed this film a lot um i thought it was really entertaining like once we get the characters where they're at i liked all of their motivations they all actually did have reasons to be there which again hence why the setup is so long that it did serve its purpose it was just in the moment it was pretty dull but like the rest of the last hour works because of the setup um because everyone in the forest is there or in the woods is there for a reason you have other characters like ray Loyota that you know is going to pop up later on which is great um and i think the pacing's really good like the bear isn't always causing havoc but i think it once we get to the reintroduction of the bear i think we get exactly the amount that we needed um where like oh yeah he's now it's showing up in a funny scene now it's um showing up in a pretty terrifying scene kind of a more menacing style scene um so all of that stuff really works for me and yeah i thought when they kind of went there with the kills in particular some of them were exceptional um that that for me was like my biggest shocking moment was i really thought because when you talk about these movies that really did blow up and this was another one that kind of on socials and stuff like it's such a good trailer just to throw in front of people you know like a lot of people who aren't into horror movies saw this trailer very similar to megan in fact um maybe it didn't you know gravitate towards a younger audience which was good but i do just think in general (laughs) this was one yeah but i think in general this was one that like the mainstream know about cocaine bear um you know this isn't unwelcome like this is a mainstream release for how ridiculous it is um so i did worry that like oh i think it's going to be fairly tame we're just going to see 
the the bear charge at someone and it's going to cut away or whatever but it's like no they really go into it and a lot of times it's for comedic effect and it does work but some of them are just brutal and really awesome and i think there's like there's two scenes back to back in the middle of the film which like i'm not going to spoil at all but there's a massive body count in both the scenes and they're both fantastic um like they have funny deaths they have really gory and shocking deaths they have like a really awesome action set piece as well um which like it was in the trailer and i thought it was one of those scenes similar with megan where i was like okay we've seen this bit in the trailer now um so i imagine it wouldn't have the same effect on me when i saw it in the film but i thought it was fantastic and it was like so well done in the film um and had such an awesome payoff to that scene which isn't in the trailers or anything like that whereas yeah in megan it's like you see the kill in the trailer from the best scenes like when megan you know when megan runs you then see that the kid gets hit by the car in the trailer and that's exactly what happens in the film whereas the way this scene ends with the bear you you don't see what's coming and it's it's so good um so yeah, I, I just ended up having a really good time with it. I think the finale is really good as well. Like one of the things I really liked was the 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 way the bear is positioned in this film. Um, it was funny because I was watching it and it did remind me of slasher movies and how I've kind of said on and. and it's a fairly potentially outrageous thing to say but talking about how i think there's like inherently a problem with slasher films which is like you want the killer to kill everyone throughout the whole movie and you're rooting for the killer until the final scene and then you want the killer to be killed and i get that that's like the way it mostly goes and obviously if you have a good heroine then that's fine because you'll root for the the final girl as it were but i think like we, the, they didn't make that mistake with Cocaine Bear, which I thought was awesome. Was that like the crowd cl- and the, the audience are so clearly rooting for the bear that, that if they would have flipped it and then had him be or have the bear be like the bad guy in the finale, I just don't think this movie would have worked. And I really thought it would have done. I thought like, oh no, he's caused all this havoc. He's killed loads of innocent people, or maybe not so innocent, which is kind of why the movie works so well because because everyone's essentially an asshole. Um, yeah but i love the way it was positioned was like he was the he was a protagonist like i was fully rooting for the bear and i was so happy with the way it all transpired in the end um and i think another final note before i throw it back to you was like the, the movie had heart in a way that i really wasn't expecting um like it's weird like it's it's a weirdly heartwarming film for for what the film is and that's such a good I think juxtaposition that a, a bear with you know a film about a bear on cocaine does have a heart and a soul to it and it kind of has like some really nice scenes like there's a payoff with the dog which is such a ridiculous subplot in this whole fucking film <laughs> and and for, for most of it i thought it was like a complete waste of time um and i but i was starting to find it more funny because i was like wow they're really going with this dog bit that just isn't landed and now i'm fu- it's like it, it went full circle where it started to become funny because of how unfunny it was um the, but- the, the, the fucking dog landed with me instantly <laughs> like the, 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 second, the second he was like you got a labrador Does yeah the the fetch scene. yeah, that was great <laughs> what's that like oh i bet that's really cool having a dog at place fetch and i was yeah. like, and I was the like guys, yeah the guy's performance like, in that scene was yeah, fantastic yeah, but he just drifted off and yeah, I was like, what is this guy talking about? I'm like, why does he care so much that he gets in the car? <laughs> he has a little fucking dog in the box. And yeah. he just looks at it. And I was like, like, that killed me. And then the next scene, he's on the phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, so I asked for a big dog. I, you've not given me a big dog. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, no, you are right. Like it was actually like, fantastic. But oh do, do you think it was it was funny, but I think the payoff was like genuinely sweet. And yeah. to me, I was like, oh, this is actually heartwarming. I think just overall, that was a scene that the the few kind of characters that do survive, I think, all have pretty heartwarming arcs to them. Which, yeah, for a movie that's about what it's about with drug dealers and and all of these other kind of like really nefarious and and, and not good characters. We talk a lot about if you purposely make characters assholes. And I do think this is one of the better examples we've seen of like, I think they got the blend perfectly here where most people in this film are an asshole and most of those get killed. And then the few that aren't as assholey do get fairly good redemption arcs. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought all of that stuff worked. Um, but yeah, I, I want to throw it back over to you. But I, I had, a, I, I was like so surprised with how much I enjoyed this movie. And I do think it is one that doesn't require like giant sort of analysis. But in terms of just giving my feeling on it, I was like, this, this gave me a good feeling. I'm really glad I watched it. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not as high on it as you are. I think um, I, I did, I did like it, and I think um, you know, it, as you spoke about it, and kind of the positives and the negatives. I don't really. Um, I, I didn't really disagree with any of them. I probably just didn't feel as strongly about the positives, and maybe mm. was probably similar on the negatives. To be honest, like nothing, nothing pissed me off in this movie. Um, I, it, it just the highs weren't quite as high for me. Um, I think you know the the you know you spoke about the comedy, and I thought that halfway through when I was watching it, where I was like. Man, a lot of these jokes aren't landing, but it's weird because then I just like proper was like laughing, reminiscent about the bloke with the dog. And I think mm. the, the gang, you know, the dude from the gang, everything he did was funny. And it was like a lot of the things did land. I think that the, the drug dealer like duo until until the gang member was there, like they were not funny at all. Yeah. Um and like the kids stuff wasn't funny, even though they were landing jokes, but, um, he, you know, and I, and I did, I, it was almost a lot of the times it felt almost a bit like one of the old, like airplane movies where I'm like, I'm aware I'm watching something that's funny, but I'm not really like laughing out loud at it. I can just see like the slapstickiness where I'm like, Oh, okay. Because I think like the park ranger, she was a classic example where I, you know, I kind of enjoyed her as a character mm. and her and the other guy and like the, you know, her with the bloody lipstick and the perfume and, and, you know, talking to the kid when he's trying to steal and all of that stuff. Like none of it was bad. Just none of it. I found overly funny. Yeah. I was just like sniggering like, Oh yeah, this is, this is a, you know, uh, this is, this is meant to be a funny thing. Kept, kept smile, like, but not, not yeah. laugh loud. Yeah, and, and that's what like those old kind of movies remind me of, where I'm like, oh, I'm kind of like just smirking along, and I'm not like dying of laughter, but I'm, I'm, you know, my my, my frown that I normally have is currently um, a smile <laughs> as I'm watching it. So you know, it, it was doing that, and then I think, yeah, when we got the bear reintroduced, there were some really cool scenes. Obviously, you know, the the scene in the hut the 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 was was fantastic. The the ambulance scene was fantastic. I think like. You know, and and those back to back were were like by far the highlight of the movie, um, and and yeah, I think to your point that the 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 trailer did show quite a lot of the beer kind of highlights, but without the final payoff, mm. and 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 you know, I think that is at least a good execution. I do feel like most of the trailer did show like the best like 
they were in the best scenes of the movie. But yeah, those those scenes did not feel spoiled, at least when I was watching it. Um, which definitely was something. And and yeah, I agree. Like as as the movie ended, you know, it had some weird heart that that I, I weren't expecting to it. And and yeah, I was over. You know, I was satisfied with the ending. And I think it was, I think it was a good movie. It was one where. Um, I didn't. I didn't necessarily go into it with expectations, but it was almost like I wanted it to be more dumb fun, and it, and and because it took so long to get to that dumb fun, it 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 kind of jarred me a bit and just knocked me off guard. Where I was like, oh god, you you were like giving me half an hour of subplot, and and yeah, I just it took me a while to recover. I think, um, but but yeah, I still think it was really good, and I think um, you know a lot of um a lot of the story does have payoff where you know it does mean that our characters aren't just aimlessly being killed by a bear and it's like even like the the couple in the opening scene we get like we get some payoff to that even mm. it's like there's, there's almost no death of of like just no consequence um you know every character does have like an arc and 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 yeah i i definitely I definitely do appreciate it for it, but I'm almost like I'm almost criticizing it and like strangely appreciating <laughs> it at the same time, which is like a weird scenario where I'm like, oh, I kind of wanted it to be tighter, but then it, it did give me that payoff. And it's just, yeah, it's a weird movie uh, for, for sure. But, but yeah, certainly, you know, I, I think it's just a fun thing. I think it's one where I'd almost be like, oh, okay. If I didn't have to like, pay money to see it and it's just one that i chuck on i'm like oh yeah this was this was like a dumb fun thing and and like you know i think like a shudder or something you know just shove it on there and i'm like okay this this would this was really cool whereas i think when you you know like going into like you know my final thoughts on it i guess is like you know when you go to the cinema i kind of i kind of want like um you know that value for money a bit more and that's probably what i wasn't quite feeling out of this um when i walked out the cinema but i still had a good enough time with the movie itself yeah i think it's a difficult one in terms of like what could this movie be because mm. when, when you talk about it being like a maybe less um just more of a dumb fun thing and, and less kind of plots and less characters which i totally get get what you're saying i think that was kind of what i was expecting mm. but i think when you when you think about it it kind of had to be this in terms of uh, the the movie is about a bear which is all cg um and this is like an expensive ass film um oh. you know like it was weto who did the special effects for this and i think it's got like a 30 million dollar budget so this isn't again like i i know like i know exactly what you're saying because that in terms of fitting the mood of the film but like this could never be on a shutter or something like that like it had to be a cinema release and so it looked great as well yeah. like there wasn't any part of it that looked trash which makes sense now considering who made it yeah so that's like the thing that yeah kind of it, may, it, more, it makes more sense to me having now seen it because i'm with you that i kind of had those expectations of like oh this seems like a just a completely switch off your brain and have fun type of movie and i got that in parts but it's actually just more of a complete film than that yeah. and and it's like as a film it's a good film i completely agree with you like i think it's good um but i think i just ended up enjoying it a lot more because i didn't expect it to be that um, I also had very low expectations for this. Like, I don't know why, but I remember when kind of hearing about it, like I remember seeing the first trailer 
and I was like, none of the comedy worked for me in the trailer at all. Um, and I thought, like I said, I didn't think the bear was going to be enough, like, kills or anything like that. And also, like, um, you mentioned Elizabeth Banks. Like, as a director, I don't think she's good, or at least wasn't at, at, at this point. Um, so, like, I didn't think she could suddenly transition and make... Like, she'd done Charlie's Angels and Pitch Perfect 2. Those are the two movies she's directed. And it's like, I did not think she could pivot and make this film. Um and, and and achieve such a good level of horror because i think that's one thing i want to definitely make a, a point on because of course this is a horror podcast it's like i thought the horror was really really good um good, yeah. it's something that just really stood out to me of like they really didn't shy away from that and it's something that i think is as especially when we talk about cinema horror that's gonna be something that is more and more i think of a conversation of like to me that is the real difference now as as you know we watch so many of these films um and it's whether or not a movie can actually achieve the horror because listen every movie wants to be a horror movie until they then get tired with that that horror movie brush and then no movie ever wants to be a horror movie and so you then have that weird like it's always that weird thing with these films of they want to market to us and, and they want to bring us in exactly they they want to bring in the hardcore but they know that's never going to be enough so they always want to cater to the mainstream as well and it's and it's finding that balance is so so difficult like we see it time and time again movies that either go way too hard and nobody shows up um or they're just so soft and they just don't achieve anything and and, and they don't please anyone so I think this strikes the balance of like it's not the most like insanely hardcore graphic horror movie but the horror landed for me and for what this is in terms of yeah fairly like a lot of people are going to see this um because it looked wacky in the trailer mm -hmm. I think they will be shocked with the level of, of violence in particular those two scenes in the middle are like I really think they're going to be like holy shit like they're going to it's like gag inducing almost in terms of like how hardcore it goes with showing dismemberment and blood and guts like they really do go for it and again mm. it's like no this isn't the most insane thing we've ever seen of course not but like for a big cinema release compared to what we've seen recently as well like obviously megan is the one that's like on our minds um and, and that's why like a movie like violent night really stood out because like they really went for it as well and like of course that violence was more visceral because it was like a dude with an axe <laughs> rather than like a cg bear so it's, it's always going to mm. hit hard when it feels more realistic but yeah i i really liked that and just overall like yeah, yeah. It, it's this isn't one that's like oh it's absolutely exceptional and it's going to stay with me or whatever but it was just as a movie that i put no thought into seeing it um didn't even think we were going to see it and then we just kind of went on a whim like yeah let's just see this it's a nice little palette cleanser yeah, before scream yeah i was like oh i can't be bothered to find something else on demand like let's just go watch this and like yeah had a good time with it so i i can't like i'll always have a pleasant place in my heart now for cocaine bear like i'll probably never watch this movie again um but having seen it once i was like yeah i'm really glad i saw it because this could have easily been one that just got put on the pile of like yeah never really got around to it i just assumed it wasn't my sort of thing based upon the trailer but like oh, i'm yeah, really we glad that was if wrong. we didn't watch it this week we were never watching this movie no i don't um, think i ever would because like when it would have been available on demand oh, and we weren't seeing it for the podcast i never would have just been in the mood yeah, to be like yeah I'll just watch this I think um, I, I do think it is um, worth just reiterating that I, I do completely agree with the, the violence because I'm so desensitized to it. Yeah. That, that when we get it, I'm just like, oh, yeah, OK. And <laughs> and um, yeah, actually, as you were talking, thinking about some of those scenes and replaying in my mind, I was like, yeah, this this goes harder than most. You know, it mm. really does, um, which you really have to tip your hat to. But it was it was almost like um, 
yeah, like I say, I'm just so desensitized to it. I'm like, oh yeah, they 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 did some stuff, like yeah. you know, it was it was a bit more than Megan, I guess. Like, and then I'm like thinking about it, like Jesus Christ, yeah, they they you know this sort of shit would have got you banned for like 20 years if it came out. 20 years ago yeah um, it's absolutely right you do have to remind yourself like we're seeing yeah. this on at the cinema in front of a packed crowd and most <laughs> of that crowd isn't going to be horror fans so like yeah, that is shocking was ridiculously packed considering we're yeah. Two. Yeah. um like yeah i couldn't believe that but but yeah i mean i guess for me like um um like going into recommendations i i do think it's worth seeing i don't think it's necessarily worth like a big screen experience but um it, it it was it's a good enough time and just a weird like switch switch your brain off you're gonna have a different experience and exactly what you said like a bit of a palate cleanser really um and 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 have a good time doing it that's what happened for me for sure yeah i would definitely recommend the film and i think that like it's a movie that i obviously very much enjoyed but i think if this is really funny to you and it, and it really sort of jives with your sense of humor you would absolutely love this film mm. um, because i think that's the difference it's like i liked this film a lot and i would say a vast majority of it was not my type of humor um and i still had a really good time enough to fully recommend it because the horror was great it was actually a very well put together film um with really interesting characters in terms of like a, a very wide array uh, you know some of which were great um for, for the body count and others that kind of had some very good arcs by the end so yeah i i really liked it even in spite of the fact that i would say the comedy for the most part didn't land Ooh. even though there definitely was some stuff as we've talked about and i'm glad we kind of were able to focus on some of the better comedy stuff um and yeah i also just want to give a shout out of course we mentioned him a couple of times but ray loyota of course um Ooh. passed away the filming of this and like he's just so awesome he's one of those guys that just fills me with joy every time i see him um what one of the most iconic voices ever just yeah. the second yeah, his voice. It's like, oh man, and, and he's fantastic. So I loved seeing him. Like, obviously, this will be the final time I ever get to see him on the big screen, and that, that was that was a really joy for me as well. I think that kind of added with the. It was like a heartwarming end, and then it said like for Ray at the end, and it just put me in a good mood at the end of the film as well. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was our discussion of Cocaine Bear. Uh, we will take a quick break, and we will be right back. So yeah, I guess we should uh, talk about a little TV show, um, but we'll try and keep it brief because I do want to talk about Scream as well. Unless you want to talk about Scream first, it's up to you. I can't wait any longer. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I never should have given you the option. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing it. I, I need to talk about Last of Us. Um, Let me just say, of exactly. course, that it's uh, spoiler alert for episode eight or everything up to not episode beyond. eight. Of the last of us but yeah no future spoilers from the video games but yeah, yeah. it's all right it's all right in it this episode is pretty good uh yeah yeah i hated it um i actually do have a couple um, of negative negative things to say to be like yeah. a little negative nancy um i don't i mean <laughs> i don't um i guess yeah i'm not going to go into negatives i mean there's one thing i do want to bring up at some point um but <laughs> But in terms of the the episode itself, like our, uh, our nitpicking I, is just on a whole other level with this I know. show, isn't it? <laughs> no, it, re it really fucking is, and that's why I don't want to get into it yet. But there is one thing that is in my mind, not just about this episode, but the 
the series in general. But before we get there, um, I, I love this episode. I think I think the combination of the last three episodes is just exquisite. Where we have kind of, I still think the standout is probably Kin for me. Like I fucking loved it. Was that six? Um, yeah. 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 But you know, you, my you favorite. Have, sorry. Six is my favorite episode yeah. of the season. And you know, you, you get you get this realization of Joel and 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 Pedro's performance in that, and kind of accepting Ellie and fully embracing her as his daughter. And then kind of, I think, you know, the, 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 the jump with left behind, obviously that that was executed fantastically last week, but it also really shows Ellie, like, especially in the recap where it kind of shows you that with the stuff she's doing with Joel, like picture in picture where it's like, yeah, she, she will fight for every second that she can be with Joel because he is her dad as well. And, and so kind of like, those two happening and then her continuing that fight in this episode and kind of, um, you know, the, the desperation and the mistakes she makes because, you know, she gets completely taken aback by David. Um, you know, she, she buys into his game and it's the first time where she's really caught with her guard down. And obviously it's because David is a master manipulator, but it's also because Ellie's desperate. And, and I thought that was great. And then obviously, you know, to have that combination, um, you know, we spoke about it last week where obviously how were they going to do this? Were they going to give us a curveball and, and play it differently to, to the game? Or are we going to get like beat for beat the game? And, and we, we practically get beat for beat the game in this episode. And I just can't really complain about it because I think the, the story that gets unraveled is just so crazy with, with David and kind of um, the way they lean into it even more because we get to see, you know, we get to see this group of people, um, you know, not just Ellie's lens as the play, you know, the playable character. We get to see them kind of eating this meal and being like, what's the meat today? And, you know, they're like venison and they give each other a look like they ain't, they ain't venison. And, and I just thought that was fantastic as someone that kind of vividly remembers that turn in the game to instantly like get that, those little moments early on where I was like, I know what the fuck they're eating. Like, oh shit. And like, you know, I thought it was just very clever. You know, we've spoken about it before, how they, they need to satisfy the gamer and the first time watcher. And with this, they didn't give us a curveball, but they gave us those moments because we knew what they were eating. And so they gave us those little moments where we could, we could play along with the in joke, um, which I thought was really great. And then the actual ex- execution at the end was, I mean, there was some real violent things in this episode. I think Joel, when he, when he gets his first mm. kill was, was that was insane. Like it, it, his face his dead face will will stay in my brain um, because it was it, it was really terrifying and very visceral and real and I think kind of and then obviously Ellie towards the end was just crazy as well so yeah like for me it was another just absolute banger and I can't really nitpick it um, you know uh, and like I say I'll, I'll go into something towards the end of how I feel about the show overall especially when I think I know where the finale is going. Um, not it won't be spoilery um, at all, um, but but yeah, I mean, what do, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I thought it was a fantastic episode. Like 
probably probably would give it a 10 in terms of scoring but i think it's how many the, the, how many of the eight now <laughs> uh, at least six um probably probably more to be honest but like it's it is fantastic i i there's one weird thing i want to talk about first and then jump in the overall which is of course like this was the troy baker episode yeah. um we, you know, we knew he was going to cameo in this series like for people that don't know the actor who played james in this episode played joel in the video games mm. um and he's absolutely exceptional and it was so weird for me because we see him and he doesn't talk for a while and then when he talks he's doing his joel voice which yeah. i think is a bizarre choice like it must just be an, an easter egg that was intentional but it's really weird because jo like troy baker's voice is not joel's voice he's putting on an insanely different voice when he portrays joel um so it wasn't just a case of he did it or like i've I, like troy baker is a famous video game actor and he doesn't sound like joel in any other video game so he does an insane you know he plays the joker he plays all of these different roles mm -hmm. in video games and then he does this very specific voice for joel and for me it was uncanny where i was like he's doing the joel voice and i had to pause was it in that first scene when he's talking with david because it threw me so much where i was like my brain is imploding now because here's this guy who sounds exactly like joel to me in this world but he's not joel um and and also the way he looked as well he doesn't look like troy it does no, in real life he looks he like doesn't. joel <laughs> like they yeah. aged him up they gave him dark hair they gave him a beard like if, if you were kind of doing like the fan fiction for me a few years ago of like here's what troy baker would look like if he played a live action joel this is it <laughs> mm -hmm. so like yeah so that just threw me completely and i know that's totally a, a thing just for the video game people but it was weird and i don't know if I liked Troy in the episode, but it might have had a little... It, it stopped me from fully appreciating him as James because I couldn't take... I couldn't see him as James at all. And it's like, I get it. It's Troy. He's that, so that famous to us. That didn't, that didn't happen for me, just as a side note, very quickly. Did the voice not throw you? No, no, not, not nearly as much as that, no. Oh, it was crazy to me. Because, mm. um, yeah, uh, yeah that, is, that is his Joel voice. It's just it's crazy. Especially because Joel has sometimes really sounded like that in the um in the show but not always like pedro mm. has sometimes done that the more southern texas twang um i remember it's like after the bill and frank episode he's like i'll take you to the fireflies and it's like it's the way he says fireflies is like exactly the same delivery as troy which i always find interesting <laughs> um but yeah other than that the, the episode's great but i was stunned that this was there's only i think one scene involving david in like the cult that's new and everything else feels like it fell directly out of the video game in the exact same order, um, which was shocking to me because obviously we've seen multiple different ways of doing it so far. We've seen like fairly, sh you know, one for one things like the Sarah death and stuff and the opening. We've seen like vastly different new added backstories like Bill and Frank, or we've seen them just like completely change things, but get to the same outcome like episode six and Jackson. And, mm. and, and for me at now, what i want personally just speaking totally selfishly is that is episode six that's why that's my favorite because it hit all of the same beats as a video game but it was completely different um okay. and it, all the, most of the scenes like there's a couple of scenes of dialogue but most of it played out completely differently there wasn't like ellie stealing a horse and running away like there was it was just so different but it felt exactly like the last of us and this was weird because it was just uncanny where it's like oh we've now got the extended ellie hunting a deer sequence like i remember playing this for a while um and now we've got kind of like the boss fight with david in the bar on fire like it, it was just 
it was awesome but i couldn't believe how much it was just exactly the same as the video game um and i do think it's weird that this part is the time they did that it it makes sense on one hand because i do think it's one of the strongest parts of the game and as we keep saying like when the game is at its strongest they feel less of a need to fuck with it which is absolutely right um but i do think that it's like when i think about my favorite parts of the last of us the video game it, it i i do usually gravitate towards this part of like yeah, the, you, shift, you play as ellie don't you as the first time because joel's injured and, and all of the david stuff it, it's so exceptional and so i think that it was so hard for them to kind of um raise the bar like they had with everyone else with, where there's so many other bits like the tests and all that stuff that's just been so much better in the tv show and i think this is the first time where i was like yeah playing this in the video game for me was was vastly better i still think this is phenomenal but it doesn't touch the game for me this part um and obviously i think we we kind of talked about it last week but i think david is like very very good in the show like he's great don't get me wrong he's fantastic but like nolan north's performance in the game i think trumps this guy completely in the in the, in the tv show um what, what did you make specifically about sort of david yeah i think i think he was a great david but i think i think you're right and i think it is it's hard to really say like if i'd have seen this before i played the game would i have felt this was stronger maybe like i think it's it is so similar um but i think i, I want to go back to something that you said where you know when you when you would have spoke historically about your favorite parts of the game or the bits that stand out of the game it, it would have been from the university onwards mm. you know joel joel getting hurt then going into this and winter with Ellie, like that was the shock of the game. And then how winter paid off with David, like, uh, you know, that whole scene um, was insane as well. And I think kind of um, when we, when we were a couple of episodes in, I've been like waiting for this episode because yeah. I know like how exciting this is in the game. And, and so I think when you speak about their choice of when to change stuff and when to not, I think, I think it does make perfect sense to not change this because it is it is by far the strongest part. You know, you've got this, you know, this, this cannibalism. You have David being this like horrible, you know, offender that 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 isn't just this leader. You know, he he that, that's a cannibal. You know, I mean, that's bad enough, right? Like he doesn't need to be what he is. Mm. <laughs> like being this leader of a cannibal cult is enough. Um, and so, yeah, I do, I, you know, I, I do see why they kept it the same. I think um, one of the things I'm going to feel like when The Last of Us is set and done, I, 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 I imagine, is that um, it's, it's very monster light, this, this whole show. Mm. And, it, and it reminded me, you know, that in particular with Ellie and David, yeah, where uh, you know you you get them with the with the deer straight away, and and they 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 send um um they send Troy off, and and they kind of go right, okay, um, let's sit down and have a chat, and and then they go instantly to the scene where I thought it was a fantastic scene, you know, again the reveal of kind of David's intentions and and all of that, but in the game, that's one of the most like. Um, action-heavy sequences of the game with so many infected, and, and especially when it begins in that cabin, mm. when they're kind of all breaking through the glass, and you're, you're in this kind of cabin, and 
they're breaking through the windows and doors and you're trying to fend them back and ammo's running out and, and you he you gives and you David, his to use and yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. You and David really help each other in that scene and, and kinda I, I kinda I really miss that in this episode. And and mm. like like I say, I everything that was on screen was perfection. The only things I, I, I really have issue is the things that I, I don't see because I want more. But but as this season has gone on and on and on, I, I found myself being like, Oh yeah, I missed that like clicker encounter or, or that encounter and, and this and that. And you know, we spoke about it a little bit with episode six, where we were like, you know, there's zero like conflict until the very end. And at the university there are a couple of cool scenes with like clickers and stuff and, and, and infected and, and you know, we we've had multiple times where they've they've just completely eliminated them you know you think um you know with left behind when you're playing left behind you you get um you know some encounters as well even and you know not not just at the very end and i just feel like you know they've they've shied away from the creatures a lot in this Mm. season and i kind of i get it because they are trying to um establish these human characters and these human conflict and give them, give that more legs and time. Whereas with a, you know, with a, with a, with a clicker, they, they are this just villain, you know, this unequivocal villain. And I think, you know, with something like with a David, I think the characters we've had before where they are multi-layered, where they are like, Oh, okay. Are they good? Like if they were your, person would you would you say that they're good or or you know is that the side of the fence you're on and it's what we spoke about last week with fedra and the fireflies like who's the good guys here whereas david's not the good guy like even i know he's kept people alive but but david is not a good guy (laughs) um and and so you know i think with the clickers that's another one where it's like well yeah there's not you know there's no sympathy there for, for them they are a monster that wants to kill you and I think the show just wants to get away from that. Um, mm. But I do miss it because I, I, I do think how good they look when they have been on screen. I really wish we'd have had more of them. Um, and so, you know, that is one of my biggest things going into it because I, I, I very much doubt we'll get much of it in the finale. Yeah, I think it's one of the only or one of the biggest downsides of just the runtime because this feels like the greatest hits of The Last of Us. Yeah. It, this isn't the definitive, you know, Last of Us experience. It's the best bits. Um, and so, yeah, you need all that story. And it's like you say, we wanted to spend more time with David. But then, yeah, we want to have all that action as well. And it's just the, the sad thing is, I think had they known the show was going to be so good and be so successful, they wouldn't have done this much story. We never would have got to David in season one one um like, you know we probably would have ended with joel being stabbed that that to me would have felt like the real end point for us for a season one and i think um the fact that they've done what they've done they've adapted the first full game because they knew it. and this was like a ridiculous undertaking like when they talk about it where this was like a 12 month shoot and stuff like it is mental how big the show was anyway and it's like but we want it to be bigger because it's so exceptional but the thing is it's because it's it's the last of us like this is not an easy undertaking that that's what is even more impressive about this is that this is so insane like it's crazy that they were able to adapt this from a video game because this is the biggest, one of the best and biggest video games ever. Um, so yeah, it, it's a shame because yeah, that f- constant threat in this world, and it was like 
it's one of the only comparisons I'll give to something like Walking Dead of where of when I just got so bored of it when I stopped watching it early where I was like oh yeah I've, I, this show isn't about zombies anymore um, because it needs to be about characters and about development which is totally fine of course it does but like I want a zombie show to have zombies in it and and that is yeah. kind of how I feel about this is that yeah it's the, obviously the character work and the acting and everything is just so unbelievably good and better than anything we've seen for such a long time that that's obviously why they get a quote-unquote pass because it's like oh yeah the things you're doing you're doing so exceptional and, and you're just completely unrivaled in this category but yeah mm. if we're being nitpicky which of course we are as hardcore fans like i completely agree that it's it is a shame that they've kind of made they did it in episode two the kind of sequence in the museum and then they did like the sniper scene and in my that's kind of all i can remember about clickers is like two scenes yeah. in the whole series and like I say, there's so much missed opportunity. Um, and I do, yeah, I completely agree with you that I don't think we're going to see any probably in the finale either. Um, so yeah, it is one of the things. I, I think well, one thing I did want to touch upon because it just becomes more prevalent to me every week. And, and especially this episode because of the, the fact that I have a slight um, complaint, which is that the show, this episode in particular, is a direct um adaptation of the game pretty much one for one you're gonna then bring on those comparisons more and i'm blown away by bella ramsey um in the show because i think this episode again she was ellie like perfectly every single scene um was it's the ellie that i've known for 10 years and and we've only just now seen her for what seven or eight hours mm-hmm. um and and she just feels exactly like ellie to me to the point that i can't believe that she's not familiar with this character and they kind yeah, of told her like you know, stay away from the games that like, we want you to do I your own performance and stuff the more i watch the show <laughs> this episode was ridiculous because her performance in the scene when she like bites off his finger and stuff like that is exact that is a live action version of the video game it is obviously the dialogue is the same so it's it's evoking that with like the you know when she says her name and it's like ellie's the one who bit your fucking finger off like all that stuff is so well written so it works well but like her performance and she just has such a good face for the kind of crazy hair and a blood on the face and that that to me is like the iconic ellie look and that was almost like when you're casting that's the thing you need to get right and she is just so fucking good at that and you touched upon like the violence which i thought was exceptional in this episode like probably the most violent overall the kind of the scene yeah. that you mentioned where joel kills that guy is again straight from the video game in terms of lingering on that death for so long um and showing like the life go from his face but then the torture scene i thought was fantastic yeah, and of course yeah. like when when ellie kills david um and she's just going absolutely insane like I don't know if there was some sort of fuckery involved in this scene because the, it goes a bit blurry when she's like screaming and, and smashing down on him. And I was like, she looks like Ashley Johnson to me. Like I just had this moment where I was like, Oh shit. She looks suddenly exactly like how I think Ellie looks like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was absolutely insane. I think it's I just, thought. I think it was just like the way her hair was so all over the place. And like mm. you say with the blood, it's like, Oh yeah, this is, these are the stills that were sent to like you know to cast her like oh mm. they splatter you up in blood and mess your hair up it wasn't like what we see her because i think like um you know when you see like uh the i i saw like a couple of seconds of the preview for the finale mm. um you know the little video they have and they show like a clip of her looking very like clean mm. and her hair like straight back again and i'm like oh yeah like that, that that's all good but yeah that was like crazy um ellie when when she's when she's just 
covered in blood like that screaming yeah yeah i felt the same i was like man that that's yeah like she she smashed so so many parts of these last couple of episodes yeah um, she's really came into her own hasn't she these yeah. last three they've been yeah. insane um but yeah we've only got one more like it's sad it's 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 just come so quickly um but yeah i like i think when we talk about the last of us um you know talk about our favorite moments for me i always do like Ooh. the whole it's the opening it's the um david of course um it's left behind and it's the finale yeah um and so kind of to see them hit those beats and do them so well yeah i just i can't wait for the finale now and th- this is definitely i think it's going to continue the, tr- the trend of like was, episode say, yeah, yeah like, this, this was intentional yeah like it's going to yeah. be one for one like they're they're, they're not going to change anything in this finale no, which we're, again we're... We're going to get the opening. We're, we're going to get the backstory with Ashley Johnson. You know, given given her, that's going to be the added scene, and and everything else is going to be pretty much shot for shot. Yeah, and I just can't wait. Oh, it's going to be a great time. But yeah, that's not the only thing we've got to talk about next week. God knows how we're going to get through it all. Um, because yeah, there's a little little screen movie to talk about. Um, boy, oh, we obviously we talked about it a few weeks ago, but I'd like to just kind of throw it in here as it's the the week before. What is your I guess excitement level, hype level, um, any thoughts, queries, worries, predictions, etc. <laughs> a week before, what, what, how are you feeling about? I, say, this feels I guess like a counseling session. Like I, I, I'm, I'm not sat on like a leather sofa. Like you know, I, I wasn't mentally prepared for this um, character breakdown that you know given me. Yeah, well, um, we we obviously love Scream, but I feel like this is probably your favorite horror franchise. I mean, am I putting words into your mouth, or would it be Nightmares? It's one of the two, right? No, I mean, I think it's Scream. Like, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I fucking love me some Scream, and 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 yeah, I'm I'm incredibly excited. I think um, you know, I've tried not I've tried not to think about it. Is what I think um, because it it just it hurts my brain to think about it with with excitement and questions. Um, and and also, you know, we've had our conversations about Saw, for example, where we go off the fucking chain with our <laughs> predictions and everything else. And like, my brain, like, yeah, we've got that to look forward to later this year. Wept. No, I think we're over that now. I, I know. I just, I don't have any enthusiasm right now. <laughs> but like, I'm, I am full tilt for that for Scream, where I'm just like, I've got so much shit in my head that that I know isn't right as well. Where I'm like, I'm obsessed with Nev Campbell. Where I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, there's so much fuckery with that. I'm like, ah, uh, well, and I'm like, she's clearly not in the fucking movie, but in my brain, I'm like, nah, she is, mate. Like they've they've done this for for a reason. Like they've gone full craving on us. Like, like, and, and in my head, where I'm like, oh yeah, she's obviously the killer. And I'm like, no, she's <laughs> obviously the opening scene. They're gonna do Barrymore more that shit. Like they're gonna reverse Drew. Barrymore. How would you feel about yeah. either of those things happening? <laughs> I want the reverse Drew Barrymore. The more I think of it, where I'm like Drew Barrymore. Oh, well, that's definitely better than her being the killer. Yeah, like Drew Barrymore is advertised as the lead of Scream, and they kill her in the opening scene, and then flash forward, you know, twenty five years later or whatever the hell it is, like Nev Campbell is not advertised to be in this movie, and they kill her in the opening scene. Mm. I'm like, yeah, like that's my brain. That's 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 the problems that I have because if they were going to do that, though, they should have done that in the last one. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. But but yeah, like I'm I'm very excited. I think kind of seeing this, I think I think one of the things from the trailer is seeing the cast from the last movie and being like, oh yeah, like I I like this cast. Like I liked a lot of them. I liked the 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 kind of Randy. Um, what were they like? 
relatives i don't know what the hell they were like yeah i can't remember the two twins yeah the twins were they like their uncle or something i think Um, so yeah yeah i think so because it's randy's sister isn't it that's their mum. yeah it's like the meeks don't we yeah um but yeah like you know they're really great and yeah like all of all of them and and obviously um you know like yeah the the setting was spoke about and i do still like it does feel a little bit weird the setting but yeah i i'm just fully on board i i cannot wait it's one of these things with a screen movie where and it, in particular in particular screen movie more than almost any other movie where i'm like what the fuck is the opening scene gonna be like i'm so excited and that's why like my brain is starting to go like is there these crazy things but i'm like whatever it is like you know we've spoken about it does the killer get killed in the opening scene uh, you know, do we just have a throwaway killer f- for that opening scene? Do we, does a major character die? Does, you know, is it a stab movie? You know, like what, what is it going to be? And like Scream has always delivered on that in, in every one of the movies. Um, and so I, I really hope that the opening scene delivers and, and then, and I, and I hope they nail the killers in this movie because I think I was just going to say about that. <laughs> I, think, I was just going to say, I wonder if we'll get a couple of terrible killers again. <laughs> yeah, because because I do think, you know, the opening scene and, and then, like, you know, given that mystery and then nailing the killers is is the hardest part to pull off. And a lot of the other Scream beats is, is fairly by the book. Like, mm. you know, the Scream's, like, transcript is a trope on the franchise, on, on the genre. So it is quite by the numbers. Like, you can't fuck it up like crazily but you you need to have that baller start and end um but yeah, yeah you I'm, could I'm, i feel like you I'm could comfortably it. get an ai to generate a fairly good script for yeah, screen exactly. at this point <laughs> yeah exactly you know um but 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 the 80 percent the the, the yeah. meat in the middle and it's that start and end where it's got to start good to get you back in it and it has to have a good ending with the killers yeah, I, I'm. I am excited for sure. I am a little bit worried. Um, I don't know why, because like mm. I liked last year's movie a lot, obviously. Um, but I think this is just going to be all or nothing. I think that's what what what's exciting about it is that like yeah, I think they that well. they were so reserved with a lot last year, and they kind of really wanted to pay their respects to Wes, which I think was the absolute right thing to do. Um, but I do think that kind of all bets are off now. And I think this is their almost like the screen movie they always wanted to make, but they were too afraid to make last year. Um, so they kind of got bogged down in legacy and stuff like that. And and that's why I just, I don't like, I wish Courtney Cox wasn't in this film at all. Like nothing against her. She's fantastic. I just, I don't want legacy at this point at all. Um, so maybe there's something they can do with that. Um, you know, she could easily be the opening kill, but like, and i don't i don't necessarily want that either it's just i just don't want legacy but it it will be interesting to see because yeah this is completely different setting and it's kind of like it's what they've lent into with the marketing the trailer the tagline it's it's constantly that's the thing that they're pushing down our throat with this movie is it's new rules it's new setting new city new cast you've never seen a killer like this before in scream like that's that's their entire mo with this film um which is exciting but you have to deliver that if if this is scream 5 part 2 
they've been talking out of their asses completely for the last year and i will not enjoy scream 5 part 2 i can tell you that much right now um i want something completely mental and it's either gonna so land with me or i'm gonna fucking hate it <laughs> and i'm and i'm really excited to see that because i'm kind of glad that they're not gonna do i don't think this is gonna be a safe sequel and i don't want a safe sequel right now i want something crazy um because yeah we, we're either gonna like be completely buzzing about this or i think i'm gonna be hor- like hor- like hor- horrified by it um but yeah we'll, we'll know that's this time next week that's what yeah that's me, really exciting. I, I, I feel the same where they're gunning for it that, that this isn't just like oh you know we're we're um you know we are playing it safe and it, and it is funny because i think i think the i i don't want to end on a negative note but i do think it is quite apt and and is the worry and, and the warning that i will leave is that i think it's quite similar to halloween where we had kind of the the the, the first mm-hmm. movie came out where they kind of nailed a lot of stuff but also played a lot of stuff safe. And then they went, let's fucking go. Let's make something <laughs> now, boys. And then they made those two fucking movies. And like, oh you know, that, that, that's the... What is wrong with you? Well, that that's the worry. Because I do because I, I do think that first Halloween movie was a decent, like, movie and did well. And, yeah, and, it's a good film. You know, it then it then gave them the confidence to be like, oh, okay, yeah, we made a Halloween. That was quite good. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's do this. Let's go. But I, I have way more faith in this, and and from everything we've seen, you know, just from the the trailers and stuff, I don't think that's the case. But that is the worry when when they do swing for the fences. But um, I I appreciate you know I appreciate a trier, and I and I hope they do. Like like you said, I think if we come out of this and they have just played it safer again, I won't be as disappointed as you. Like I I would watch Screen Five Part Two. Um, but I would, you know, I, I I would prefer it if they if they go more bold and go for it for sure. It is funny that you mentioned the kind of the Halloween comparison because um, obviously there's so much that's true in terms of Scream Five to Halloween 2018. Mm. And I think I was going to say like, oh well, at least they didn't make the mistake of kind of made immediately turning this into a trilogy. Obviously, off the back of the success of the last film. But that might be the case. There was a news I saw earlier today that, like, Scream 7 has been greenlit. Um, <laughs> but that wasn't... It, it was on Screen Rant, which I'm not too familiar with, so I didn't mm. put it in here because, to me, unless Variety or Hollywood Reporter or, like, an actual major organization are talking about it, I don't put it in the news. But it is worth talking about because the, it's like, okay, people are saying that. Um, and I think we'll know the answer to that question in a couple of weeks anyway, um, yeah. once this movie's actually out. But, like, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm sure they're hoping to quickly green light to you know make another one but I do worry that like the idea of a screen movie with a cliffhanger that like doesn't reveal a killer like no, 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 no. Yeah, it's like I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not like I don't hate it because it's weird and different, but I'm like it's it's something. Um yeah, it's just that would be very bizarre. Like I don't think that's what they've done here, but like it would be interesting if you try and trilogy this kind of halfway through as it were um but yeah it's this is going to be a fascinating movie like i feel like this is one that is hence why i think it's going to be i mean i just can't believe this and the last of us finale is next week because i feel like scream is something that we can 
Yeah, Scream's something that we can talk about till the cows come home anyway. Like, it's been... That and Saw have easily been the two franchises that we've just spoke about the most on air on the show. Um, but it's even more shocking in Scream's case because there's only actually been one new movie in that time period. Um, but I feel like there was just... There was so much to unpack with Scream 5. And that was a movie that we, you know, both agree kind of played it pretty safe. And there was still so much to talk about and so much controversy and so much about the, the killer's motivations. What do we think of the killers? The way the legacy characters were treated or killed off like there was so much to discuss and i feel like this is going to be mental like i'm just thinking about the trailer in my head now and that scene with the uh, ghost face like running for a bloody gas station with like a shotgun yeah i know it's <laughs> like what the fuck was that <laughs> like this movie's just gonna be so great i'm really i'm with you that like the second this starts the it reminds scene. me that's the yeah. scene the yeah the, the, I think the, you're right. The gas station because the that, subway that, stuff, yeah, yeah, the subway stuff because that killer gets killed. That's what I, I think. That's the perfect way to right. How do you explain to your audiences you've relocated to somewhere else? You put exactly. them moving, traveling. So then you say, okay, here's them on the subway. He attacks yeah. them. It's a long, drawn out chase, and then yeah, it ends with him being killed, and it was just some maniac. Like yeah, I, I would love that as an opening, but I, we need to stop doing this um, because we've now just <laughs> know, set ourselves I, up for I, I disappointment you, again. I told you that's what you know. I didn't want to do, but then I can't help it, and that's that's my problem because I am I'm I'm a little bit giddy. Um, with excitement you know the next the next week is a big week you know this and last of us it's it's a good week to to, to be a horror fan for sure it's well, a good to, week to, to specifically be me. Us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i know you're you must be like just losing your mind right now um yeah but uh i i do want to just remind um both of us and the audience of my terrible prediction that i made not even prediction no, no, just like no, an idea no, no because i think no. it'll bode well for next week because we okay. just said it we just said a good idea which would yeah. be great now i'm going to yeah. tell you a terrible idea <laughs> yeah, i guess i'd put halloween out in the ether as well so go on yeah, exactly um, <laughs> and yeah this idea is still better than anything in those last two halloween movies um correct, correct. yeah like the, the, the lead character whatever the hell her name is is it like tara or tara or something like tara, that i can't I think, is it um yeah, she obviously like Billy's daughter or whatever. Like, yeah, my my stupid idea was that she's like schizo and has like dual personalities and one of those personalities is the killer and she doesn't know <laughs> so it's kind of like malignant as well where it's like yeah the killer is within you but you don't even realize that you're the killer sort of thing and then there'll be like the reveal will be like she's staring in the mirror and there'll be like a crack in the mirror and it'll be like half crazy her and half normal her and that'll be like the shock and reveal at the end um just just for uh, <laughs> clarity um general ortega is tara and oh okay not her no sam Sam. is our yeah yeah Yeah. just just for just for clarity um (laughs) i hope we don't get too much skeet in this movie as well like i don't want to be we shouldn't get fucking any like we fucking will though because i don't know i I didn't even think about that do you seriously think he's gonna be in it it worries me because he was so heavy and 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 sam is still alive and, and battling that demon that was very much alive at the end of the last movie no, because um, we're already getting the, the glorious return of old uh, Matthew. What's his face? <laughs> Lillard. Yeah, we're already getting um, him. So, like, we I, can't I, have I, two of them. And I we got um, Hayden as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We didn't even mention her. Mm. Um, but I don't think you can like just close that door so quickly. 
Um, yeah, I, I think you're right, but I really I, don't want to see him. <laughs> nor, nor do I. Nor do I. I don't want it at all because it was one of my least. Like I fucking love Ski, and it was great to like. Oh, I love the first him. time he showed up. Yeah, but I also didn't like it because it just feels weird. You know, I mm. I, I I didn't like that. And and the problem is, the more Ski heavy this movie is, the more your prediction's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> think like how else think so billy is the killer but he's not he's not exactly. actually alive exactly. it, it's it's so well, that, genius that's it just works point, they could literally have him like kill someone because that's her mind seeing it mm-hmm. so that that's how they could get skeet like back on set killing people <laughs> I, I hate it i hate it and i'm like if we just play if we get 20 minutes into this fucking movie and we see Skeet like four yeah, times... Yeah, my palms are going to start sweating. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. <laughs> because I was the same... I, I remember like with, with Scream 5, how I said that like um, uh, Dylan, whatever his name is, um, who played Wes. Oh yeah, Minette, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I, how I was like, he's the killer. <laughs> like, he's the killer with his mom. Like, those two are 100% the two killers and like it it got into my head like as i was watching that and then when but like that paid off to perfection because then the scene where those two got killed like was was amazing yeah so yeah like it's it's you know it's high risk high reward like but i don't i don't think with this one there is a high reward it is hilarious like um spoilers for the worst saw movie now which people just shouldn't watch anyway but i remember being in the cinema and watching that film i think it saw the final chapter and um like when Lawrence Gordon showed up, I like audibly gasped because I was so annoyed. Where I was like, "Oh no!" Like you've you brought back this character from Saw One that I loved so much, and you're gonna fuck it up, and you're gonna make him the killer. And that and that was exact. And I was like, I was so annoyed because the second I saw him on screen in this pointless little AA meeting or whatever he was in, uh, you know, yeah. for like victims, I was like, "Well, he's obviously gonna not just be in this one scene. He's obviously gonna be in the finale." And yet, and like. That movie played out beat for beat how exactly how I thought it would from the second I saw his face. <laughs> and that was why I hate yeah. that movie so, so much. So, yeah, it would be something similar of, like, if we start seeing more of Billy and, like, you know, or maybe she's having panic attacks or headaches where she, like, passes out for a little while and, and you know, I'm going to be panicking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so funny. Yeah. You, you've, you've now terrified me. I'm not going <laughs> to Now I want it to happen. <laughs> Just because it'd be fucking you. hilarious. <laughs> not for not for because it would make for a terrible film, but it would be really funny for this podcast. So you know, uh, no, no, it wouldn't be funny for this podcast. I'll be doing it on my own Ooh. next week. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it'd be at the end of the podcast, and we've we've talked so much about the Last of Us. So it'd be nice to finish it off. <laughs> yeah. If that shit happens, I'm not. If you'll go back and you go. I'm only talking about the Last of Us. Nothing else. <laughs> Yeah, very much could happen. Uh, this is a great time, but yeah, the, the, even more great times. I, I just can't wait for next week. Now it's going to be, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be a show. It's going to be a momentous one, that's for sure. I think it's it's the first sort of major, big, massive show of the year. Like mm-hmm. obviously, it doesn't get much bigger than a screen. No, movie. and then it's like, oh yeah, by the way, the Last of Us finale as well. And I've just got a feeling there's going to be some mad news next week as well to talk about, just to like have the trifecta of just mental shit to talk about next week. Um, but yeah, that'll be great. But until then, uh, that was episode three hundred and thirty-nine. Thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. I never could, how could I start now?